welcome back to Archives Podcast. I really appreciate your overwhelming response to our first archive that was aired last week. Our second archive is an awesome testimony, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I hope that you enjoy. I am super excited to introduce you a good friend of mine. We have literally been friends for about 25 years. I've known her all my life, and I'm so excited to be able to share her testimony with you. Welcome, Cesna Hernandez. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I honestly feel honored that you have me as your second guest. So I'm 26 years old, and you're 27. And I think the very first time that I met you was probably in nursery. I believe we were both in diapers. Yeah, we were. Um, that's where our friendship started. Um, so my parents, they got saved. Then they, um, met at church. They got married in the church. Um, so that's how I started going to church was being raised by my parents going to church. How, how was your relationship with your parents growing up? I remember when we were younger, my brother and my sister, we were close. Um, we were close to my parents, um, but as we got older, there was a shift in our in our family, in our household, and a lot of tension started to occur. There was a lot of arguing, anger. Um, I'm the oldest out of my siblings. My brother was the middle child, and so, you know, growing up as we both got older, we got into a lot of confrontation with our parents, so... It was it was hard. How was your how was your mindset at this point in your life? I had a lot of anger and hatred towards my parents. Um, I didn't have a relationship with them because mostly it was a lot of arguing, either between my parents, between me and my mom, or me and my dad, or between the you know my brother, my sister. You know she was younger at the time, so she wasn't as involved, um, and so. I remember more so middle school going into my freshman year was when it's it's the tension definitely rose. Did you go to public high school? No, I went to elementary school and then my mom decided to homeschool me around middle school. When she decided to do that, I mean, I was like, okay, you know, I I mean, I was young. But as I got older, I, I didn't like being home. I wanted to be out. I wanted to be sociable. But, you know, her decision to homeschool as I got older and keep me homeschooled brought a lot of tension um, to us. So at this point in your life, you've grown up in church. And did you have a personal relationship with God? At this point, no. Um, I remember thinking, um, you know, We'd go to church, act one way, go home, and act a different way, you know, as a family. And so I remember thinking, you know, why, where, where's the transformation? Where, you know, I'd hear sermons and, you know, hear about people's lives being changed. And, and I would think, well, how, why? I would, I started getting a little confused as I got older because, I didn't see that at home and to me going to church was just something that we did it wasn't something genuine it wasn't life-changing 
And so I started having a resentment not only towards my parents, um, but towards God, because I started to almost blame him for um, the dysfunction that we had in our in our family. I remember when you were 16 years old and you got your first car. Why did you decide to get your first car at 16 years old? So I got my first job at 16. Uh, my parents decided, you know, hey, you need to get a job. You need to start paying for your own stuff, man. <laughs> so um, so I did. My first job was at Peter Piper and um, I paid for my own car in full. A whole whopping $2,000. And that's when I really started going down the wrong road. So you're 16 years old. You're working at Peter Piper. What else at Peter Piper did you do besides make pizzas? The group that I worked with, (laughs) I mean, they were about my age and a little older. And there was a lot going on behind that pizza oven that was actually the first time I started smoking weed um it was so accessible that everybody always had it I got into my first fight there at Peter Piper so this job piqued my interest in that kind of lifestyle and I thought that you know what this is going to be better than what I was living and going to church so this is what started more of a rebellion in me to just not care um, what my parents said, not care about church or anything like that. And um, because of that, my mom, you know, multiple times had threatened she wanted to kick me out of the house. I was going to early college my last two years of high school. So when I'd get home from school, you know, there'd be stuff in the in the yard or my room would be a mess just because you know my mom didn't want me there let's fast forward a little bit you graduate high school and a wednesday back in 2011 tell me what happened that day that day i had decided i'm done i'm moving out you know i can't take it anymore at this point you know i've already been partying i've already been you know, smoking, so I'm already living a whole nother life at this point. I remember that I, you know, I'm going through my room and I'm just, you know, packing my clothes. I'm trying to hurry. I'm I'm rushing because, you know, no one was at the house at that time. Um, my dad was out working. My mom, I think, was like running errands. I can't even tell you where my brother was at the time. Um, and I think my sister was with my mom. I was completely alone at the house. And I thought, what a better, you know, time to leave. I had called a friend and we just started getting my clothes and shoving it in my little (laughs) Nissan Altima. That's all I took. I remember just grabbing my clothes, my shoes, just kind of all throwing it in there, not even being organized. I remember sitting down and thinking, I'm I'm not going to tell my mom. I'm not going to tell my dad. I'm not telling anybody. They're just going to see that my stuff isn't there and I and I wanted that, you know, that effect. I just remember being so hurt and mad and angry and I just didn't care. I sat at my mom's office desk. I got a pen and a paper and I wrote to her. I said along the lines of I'm I'm tired, I'm done. I'm moving out and I have my stuff. And 
I folded it and I put it on the desk and I I walked out and I went to that friend's house and I stayed the night at her house and I mean a few hours later I mean we went to her house this was like midday and um, my phone started blowing up in around you know evening time and my mom was like calling and calling and texting and texting and I I just ignored it I ignored it at, at some point I even stopped reading her texts I mean she was like where are you I can't believe you did this is this a joke I remember just laying there I felt like I wanted to cry because I I actually did it I actually moved out out of all the times I remember just laying there and, you know, I just turned off my phone and I thought a part of me was scared because I didn't know what was going to happen. I had nowhere to go. I just did it and I didn't cry. I remember I just didn't get any sleep that night. What was the lifestyle that you started living from here on out? It wasn't much of a lifestyle. I mean, I was you know, living from place to place. There was a point where I had nowhere to stay. I was living out of my car. At the time I was working as a lifeguard. So I would shower at work and then, um, you know, sleep in my car. You know, that happened for a while. And then um, my, my aunt got wind of it. She was pretty upset that I didn't say anything um, I lived with her for about two years, but at this point, I mean, I was partying, staying out late, drinking, um, smoking weed, and my aunt and my uncle, you know, they were older, already, you know, retired, and so to have a teenager being out late at their house, you know, they were getting frustrated. I remember I was at a New Year's Eve party and that was probably one of the worst nights and I remember we were I was at my friend's house and there was a bunch of people it was like a kickback party you know people are drinking and it was I was already 11 and I was already coming in and out and they had the, you know, ball drop on the TV. You know, they have the New Year in New York where they have the countdown. They have the ball drop. So they had that on. You know, they're counting down to the new year. And they're you, they're going, you know, five, four, three, two. And in that time, I, you know, I have, I have a beer in my hand. And I'm like, you know, cheering on. But in that time, it almost like it, it, it froze. And I remember thinking... What if God was to come back? Three, two, one. I would be here and I would, I would go to hell. I literally thought that in seconds before they count down to three, two, one. And it was almost like my heart kind of stopped. And then they're counting down. I see the ball dropping on the TV and it's three, two, one. And then everyone says, you know, Happy New Year. And I just remember kind of like looking around and then, oh, I'm fine. And then I just went back to, you know, partying. And then the next morning, I remember I woke up and I just thought, man, what craziness. You know, I, I, I really did wake up thinking that and remembering 
that specific thing that night. So obviously there was still that conviction in you. At this time, at any point, did you feel the need to go back to church? No, I was extremely hardened at heart. I had told myself I am never going back to church. Um, I had so much anger towards my parents, towards God. So at no point did I ever think, you know, I want to go back to church. But yet, you know, I had multiple times like that in my life where God was still, hey, I'm here, conviction or, you know, but I, I was so hard and I did not want to go to church. So there was one individual, uh, her name was Naomi, and I believe that she was the one that kept trying to keep in contact with you while you were backslidden. Right. Um, you know, she would text me here and there, how are you doing? And she would invite me to church and I was always like, no, <laughs> I'm good. So she, so Naomi had invited me to a revival service. She, you know, she was telling me about this pastor. Um, I can't even remember his name, to be honest with you. Um, but prior to that, I think it was like the day before, I remember, you know, thinking, man, I'm, what now? Like, I'm going to, if I finish college um, or if, you know, I start the job that I want to start, then what then? Like, where is my life going? I remember kind of having that conversation to myself and the you know a day later Naomi invited me to this revival service and I just remember thinking okay she's been asking me for so long now maybe I should just go and it took a lot for me to go but I went it was a Wednesday also and I remember him preaching on tithing and so I remember thinking wow, this is not relevant to me. <laughs> but after the service, I thought, man, in my mind, I'm like, what a waste. But whatever, I came, she invited me, I came. Now she can probably stop bugging me <laughs> after this. So, you know, during the altar call, um, Veronica Prieto, she came up to me and, you know, started talking to me. And she asked me, if I were to die, would I make heaven my home? And I answered that very honestly because I knew. I was like, nope. And, you know, I was still very hard. I, I, I had an attitude, to be honest. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I'll hear her out. Um, you know, but one thing that really struck was her, the question that she asked me. And she said, but aren't you tired? Hearing that question it really resonated with me because I was extremely tired. Tired of, you know, what I had put myself through. Tired of what had happened to me. Things that had happened to me, you know, in my life. And just physically, mentally, just tired. You know, she asked me, do you want to go up to the altar and pray? I remember not even answering her. I just stood up. I followed her. And as I'm walking down the aisle to the altar, and I just start to have this feeling, you know, go through my body and I just start crying. And as I'm getting closer, like I cannot control myself. I'm crying and 
I was, was very much the type of person like I don't cry in front of people I was very hard you know and I just broke we get to the altar and she's you know she tells me you know that's God you know she led me into a sinner's prayer and I just remember thinking wow I've never ever felt God like this I felt such a burden lifted off of me and I know that's something that said a lot but it's so valid you know when you feel a weight a pressure of just life and you're just tired and you're you're drained that feeling of you know feeling refreshed and you know healthy and energized that's how I can kind of describe it within you know seconds just feeling like a revision a happiness is is how I can describe it it was the most amazing thing ever you know and I just remember thinking wow I I didn't have that growing up going to church not that I was you know never saved or not that I never had a relationship with God but there was never that true touch and that true decision of you know I need God in my life not just going to church not just religious schedule you know it is something that you do but it's a true touch of God and a true change that was a Wednesday so Thursday Friday Saturday did not smoke did not drink and I got home after Sunday morning church I thought wow is this what I'm gonna do and I remember praying like okay God I truly given my life to you help me help me teach me this is all a whole new thing to me I remember you know over that weekend of of not partying my friends thought I was like sick or something <laughs> like I remember telling my best you know my good friend at the time I remember telling her like I went back to church I I got saved I gave my life to God and she was like what that's where you used to go with your parents you you hated you hated that you hated going to church and I was like no no I mean it's different you know God can can really touch your life you know I would that was hard for me for her because we were good friends and I was like dang I just lost a friend or who I thought you know was a friend and I remember praying like God I need good relationships in the church in order to stay saved because I can't hang around you know, the people that I hung around with anymore. So at this point in your life, how was your relationship with your parents after recently giving your life to Jesus? So during this time, you know, I'm trying to mend the relationship between my parents and I. However, it was very difficult because there were still a lot of issues going on between my parents, you know, my brother and sister who were living with them at the time. I was not living with them. You know, there were still issues that were going on behind closed doors. And, you know, sometimes it's hard because, you know, maybe it was part, you know, embarrassment. You know, we, we go to church, but we're dealing with these issues. You know, it's hard to kind of come out and say, you know, I'm going through this. But over the years, having seen issues being hidden or not talked about, or not being addressed snowball into much larger issues and instead of dealing with the issue it grows and grows and becomes you know a lot worse and I saw that you know between my parents you know as time went on 
there was a major shift between my mom and my dad. So after 30 plus years of salvation of marriage, um, that came to a halt. Looking at that even in my own life as well, it's so important to have that accountability, to not feel embarrassed or ashamed of the struggles that you have or the issues that are going on because it's it's a lifeline and receive advice receive you know the help it's it's the lifeline before issues become consequences it's clear that god has had his hand on you your entire life he's literally brought you full circle but i want to ask you what has the year 2020 meant to you um this year has been one of the hardest years ever (laughs) you know I've been through a lot but this year has been extremely difficult but this has also been the year where I have experienced so much of God's grace and mercy on my life like I never have before a peace that I have never had before Um, a closeness to him that I've never had before. So despite everything that I've gone through this year, God has been able to turn around and make it good. Um, The beginning of this year, I lost my job. I was extremely worried about that. And God blessed me with the job that I have now. I, I didn't go a week without a check. I mean, that was God. That was in, you know, February of this year. April was when I lost my brother. I remember I was at work. I get a call from my sister and she, you know, was hysterical on the phone. I couldn't even make out what she was saying. I drive over to her and she had told me that my brother was non-responsive. So with the passing of my brother, our church family came in like a flood. I mean, I got so many texts, so many calls, so much support, and I couldn't have been more grateful for the people that God has placed in my life. And even through that, I mean, God has really helped me keep it together, (laughs) as simple as that sounds. He still gave me a peace. And I knew that I was not going through that alone. And God's, you know, God's hand was on it from the, on us from the beginning. Even to when my sister made the phone call to 911, Nathan Melendez, a member in our church who works in the 911 dispatch, received the call. The call went out to the fire department where Isaac Thompson, um, another member in our church, received the call. He was the first one on the scene and he was there to comfort my sister and help her. Um, he went in the ambulance with my brother. He was there, he took him to the hospital and I know that was God because it wasn't just anybody who you know, was there with my brother who, you know, did everything he could, but, you know, so it was just God from the beginning just there for us, our church family there for us. I mean, that was in and of itself so 
comforting and like, wow, you know, God was there from the start. It's obvious that God is into the details and I can say from a personal view, uh, just how you have handled things is amazing and it is truly God's hand on your life because you can see a strength like no one could believe that you have been through the things that you have been through but it is through God and his covering on your life that you are able to conquer these things and it's a blessing to be a part of that you know so despite everything that you know I've gone through in my personal life with my family God has always been there even if I you know the time when I didn't want him there I didn't care to have him in my life God was there and God you know loves me loves us so much that he reaches out and he he helps us and he provides for us even when we don't realize it you know having growing up in church it's so important that if you have grown up in church that you come to the realization I need God in my life not not so much church every Sunday every Wednesday but no having that true touch of God the true change in your life because that's where you start to build that relationship and you can see you know God moving in your life and you can go through any kind of issue and God will still be there and help you and I'm extremely extremely grateful for what God has blessed me with one salvation two you know the people who are in my life who who've helped me who've supported me who've prayed for me prayers are so unbelievably important and God is a God of healing and restoration and no matter you know what you've done in your life you are not far from God's reach you are not far from God's grace from God's mercy from God's love you know I feel like we'll make mistakes we'll go through suffer so many consequences from our mistakes but God can still restore and that's the power of of salvation and and through that I know that I'm going to see my brother again. I know he's in heaven and he's rejoicing and as hard as it is and as much as I, you know, I miss him as much as my family misses him, I know that, you know, one day we will be rejoicing in heaven with him. Well, I have kept Carter as quiet as I could for this entire podcast, but... But now he's restless and tackling me. <laughs> I'm so amazed at what God has done in your life all of these years. Uh, I can't even believe that you're the same little girl with glasses. We used to record at my house skits and now we're recording podcasts. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, it's so crazy. I'm pretty sure you're one of my longest, oldest friends that, that I've had not oldest (laughs) that is true that we've been friends the longest let me put it that way and now your son is tackling me with pillow (laughs) okay bye (laughs) 